0: Hey, what's going on, people? My name is Damien Brown, and I want to welcome you to our very first episode of Last Things Podcast in 2022. Happy New Year to everybody, man. It is a new season. You know, this is the first episode of, of uh, the new year, new season, new mindset. So guys, um uh, it's an honor and privilege to come before you. I just want to thank God for the strength he's given me, provision, protection, for watching over me, and my family, friends, children, and evil and enemies all through 2021. I know we had situations that we didn't think we were going to make it through, but here we are on the other side of 2021 in a brand new year 2022 so man I can't I'm excited I can't wait to see the new opportunities that God has for his people new opportunities for his children new doors open new just a new season altogether. I just can't wait to see what God has in store for us man um you know I've been wanting to do this rapture thing for a while now. And I know I was supposed to do one more episode on the seven charges, but I, I really want to do this rapture. One. I don't know. It's just some, it's something about this particular topic that I really want to cover. So what I'm going to do is, since this is the first episode of the uh, new year, we're gonna go right into the rapture. We're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. This is going to be our first episode of probably a, maybe three or four week uh, three or four week uh, series based on the rapture. We are going to cover everything during this series. Um, the beginnings uh, the beginnings of it, where it came from. Um, in the Bible, and uh, we're going to definitely look over it in the Bible. We're going to look at the different viewpoints, are you pre-tribulation, mid-trib, post-trib, millennials, premillennialists. We are going to cover everything, every question that everybody might have pertaining to the rapture. We're going to discuss it for these next few weeks. Again, this is going to be your opinion. You know, everybody has a opinion on when it's supposed to take place. Some people don't even believe in it. You know, it it it, it 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 is one of, if it's, if not the most controversial topic in the church because some people believe in it, some people don't believe in it. And then, like I said, you have people who can't agree on when it's gonna happen. Pre-trib is before the tribulation, mid-trib is in the middle of the tribulation, and post-trib is, of course, the end of the tribulation. Nobody really knows when. It's 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 an ongoing debate. Everybody has their own opinion. So we're going to do our best to cover every question that you might have pertaining to it. We're going to look at all the viewpoints we're gonna look over everything, and then afterwards, you have to make your own decision as to what what you believe. This is my opinion. To it, to me, I I do have an opinion on when the rapture take place, but I'm not gonna tell you till the very late till we get to the end of this series. Then I'll tell you my opinion and as to why I believe uh, I believe what I believe. But at the end of the day. The most important thing is your salvation. Even if the rapture was to take place, say, in the next 20, 30 minutes, if your salvation is not secure, you're going to get left here with everybody else. So the most important thing that you need to focus on is your your salvation making sure that your salvation is secure, making sure that you have a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, making sure your life is living up to what he wants, living out his rules, his practices, his commands, living out everything that he said to do. That's the most important thing. You have your name, salvation, your salvation must be secure you have to know you, you have, Jesus must be your Lord and Savior, because if your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if the rapture takes place, you'll be left behind. uh, There's an old movie years ago, it's funny I said that, but it's an old movie with Kirk Cameron called Left Behind, and it's a it's a three-part movie, it's left behind the first one. And then there's left behind part two, I believe it's called the Tribulation Force. And then left behind part three, is it the art of war, it's something with war. But if you really wanna have a general idea of the rapture, not just the rapture of the end times, If you just want to have a general idea of the end time, check out those series. Check out the all three left behinds: the first, second, and third with Kirk Cameron. Yes, it's an old movie, very old. And yes, it's very cheesy. Some of that acting is like, y'all can't do a better job. But at the end of the day, it look at every. Try to not pay attention so much to it, but pay attention to the message and everything. Now, everything in there is not verbatim with the scriptures, but it's a general idea of how the end times will be. So, check that movie out. It's called again. It's called Left Behind. It's with Kirk Cameron, and there's three parts. There's three uh, three parts. There's a Left Behind Part One, and then there's a Part Two, and then there's a Part Three. They used to be on Netflix. I don't know if they're on Netflix or not. But uh if you do have Xfinity, I believe they're on Xfinity. I also believe it's on uh Tubi. I think Tubi had it. They they did have it. I don't know if they still have it or not, because you know they change up the line the lineup, but Tubi is a good one too. Now Netflix might have the new version of Left Behind. Um, they remade Left Behind a couple of years ago and it had Nicolas Cage in it. Um, he was playing the role of the pilot that's in the Kirk Cameron movies. But um, it it's okay. I mean, it, it, to me, the Kirk Cameron one is better because it got more in depth with a lot of things. But the Nicolas Cage one, it's okay too. But I would prefer you check out the Kirk Cameron Left Behind. It, it, it gives a general idea of what the end times will be like you'll see the rapture you'll see the antichrist you'll see the mark of the beast and you'll see all these different things on it i believe the two witnesses you'll see i think i think they did cover the mark of the beast i'm not entirely sure but i believe they did but check those movies out if you want to just a general idea of how the end times will be. Check those movies out, man. Like I said, they're old, but trust me, they are good. God, um, uh, let's get to this thing, man. So, let's if you have your Bibles, look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Then, as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me with the sound of a mighty trumpet blast. That voice said, it's written in red. Come up here and I will show you what must happen after these things. He said after the churches, I need to show you what's going to happen. Verse two, and instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. This is where the rapture take place. Revelation chapter four, verse one is the rapture. Now, what is the rapture? Let me get my notes. So I'm going to put it right here. The rapture is defined as the transporting of believers to heaven at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, where do we first see this in Scripture? We see it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter um, yeah, chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. This is what it says. Let me move my computer over there. This is what it says. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a command and shout, excuse me, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Verse 17. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, then we will be with the Lord forever. Verse 18 says, so encourage each other with these words. This is where we get the rapture. This is where we first hear about the rapture in the scripture, right here in First Thessalonians. Now, first thing a lot of people say is rapture is not in the Bible. True, the word is not in the Bible. Words not in the Bible. The word rapture comes from the Latin Latin word rapio, R A P I O, meaning to seize or snatch. And another translation would be from the medieval Latin, Raptura, R A P T U R A. Now, if we look at verse 17, let's read it. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You see that word caught? You see those two words caught up in the Greek? That 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 is harpazo. Harpazo in the Greek means caught up or caught away or snatched away. So you don't see the word rapture in the Bible. However, you see caught up in the scriptures and the Greek translation for caught up is harpazo. So when you see harpazo, harpazo would be where rapture would be in the scripture because the word harpazo means caught up, which is just what we're seeing here in the scripture. Now, Let me let's give some reasons to believe in the rapture, because a lot of people don't really believe in it. Uh, First, let's go to First Corinthians chapter 15. And I want to scroll down to verse 50. Um, This is what it says. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. Verse 51, very key. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in the moment in the blink of an eye with the last trumpet is blown for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into the bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory, O oh death! Where is your victory, O oh death? Where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death through Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ. So. I wanna look at verse 51 again. Remember I said that was key, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret, a wonderful secret. Now that's in the New Living Translation. I wanna read that scripture, but I wanna read in the King James to prove a point that I'm about to uh, bring up, but I want us to look at it in King James. Now, verse 51, we're gonna scroll back down to 51. Behold, verse 51 in King James, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Uh oh, what happened right here? Oh, come on, man, not right now. I want us to look at that word mystery. What is mystery? Mystery is defined as anything that has that is kept secret or remains unexplained." Look at what Paul said. Paul said, I show you a mystery, meaning this is something that's been a question mark. It's never been explained. It's never been talked about. See, that's why a lot of people, you know, one of the things that a lot of people always say is, the rapture is a New Testament teaching. So they look at the fact that because it's not, it's not really talked about in the Old Testament, they don't pay attention to it because they feel like, oh, it's a New Testament thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who put more stock into the Old Testament than the New Testament. They kind of, they, not to say the New Testament is all bad, but they say we should pay more attention to the old and not the new. Which um, I can, you know, I pay attention to both because the Old Testament points to the New. The Old Testament points to Jesus, and the New Testament, Jesus is speaking. So, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to the prophets of the old, or I'm going to listen to what Jesus specifically says Himself? I'm going to listen to what Jesus says. But w- this is why we can't put more stock into one than the other they both have equal meaning they both have equal value so we can't say one one the one part is better than the other On one part no we need both of them to understand but paul said the oh so the reason why you won't find the rapture in the old testament is because paul said it's a mystery this is something that has always been covered. No one ever knew about it. He said, this is a mystery, but I'm going to show you a mystery. So Paul pretty much took something that nobody knew about and told everybody. Oh, no, I got to tell you this because no one's ever talked about it before. But I know about it. But the only reason Paul knew about it is because he got the revelation directly from Jesus Christ. So he said, let me tell you what the Lord has told me. There's something else that only Paul talks about that's not in uh that's not in other scriptures. Oh man, come on now. That's something else. Well, Paul talked about uh, the restrainer. What do I mean when I say the restrainer? The Bible says that the reason why the Antichrist has not taken over, has not come on the scene yet is because there's somebody holding him back it's the the uh it, i believe it's in 1 Thessalonians my laptop is down right now but i believe it's in 1 Thessalonians where it talked about the restrainer somebody that's holding the antichrist back from coming to take over from from taking over right now that's why he has not taken over that's not, you know the bible says his spirit is running rampant now but the man himself is not because there's a restrainer there's somebody holding him back now the church in Thessalonica knew what it was but we are left to assume who is this restrainer that is talked about we'll cover him we'll cover him later on at some point cuz I believe he comes up again well in my opinion he's going to come up in chapter five, I believe. I believe it's chapter five. When we get to the four horsemen, in my opinion, that's my opinion, my opinion alone, you have to make your own decision. So but anyway, this is what Paul said. So that's why you won't find the rapture in the Old Testament. Paul said this was something covered up until the moment he uncovered. It. So that's why you won't find it directly mentioned in the Old Testament. He said it's a mystery. And he said, I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you about this. So it will no longer be a history. Now, let's look at John 14, verse two and three. Man, I can't pull up my laptop, so I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way. Let's do it. Do it on my Bible itself. John 14, verse 2 through 3. All right. This is what, this is what the Bible says. Remember, it's Jesus talking. There are many rooms in my father's home, and I am going to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you plainly. When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so you will always be with me where I am, and you know where I am going and how to get there. Why is that scripture important? Um Jewish weddings, I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing it if you if you really want to know in depth, go to Google and type in Jewish wedding customs. I believe it's bridegroom. But anyway, one the way the Jewish weddings are is after the wedding, the the bridegroom leaves. He leaves for a while to go to his father. He leaves to build a place. For him and his bride to live on his, fa- on his father's lot, he'll build his place. He'll build a, a home for them, pretty much. Now, when he leaves, he doesn't tell her how when he's coming back because he doesn't know. He doesn't know how long it's going to take for him to build it. He doesn't. He won't know anything. He just goes and starts to build. So her job is to wait for him until he come until he comes back. He's gone, he builds their house. When he's finished building their house, he comes back for his wife, he comes back. And then they go off and the rest is history from there. That's that's really what the rapture is. What did Jesus say? I'm going to leave to prepare a place for you. And when I'm there, what did he say? There are many rooms in my father's house and I am in my father's home, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. He said, when everything is ready, I will come and get you. That's what a Jewish bridegroom would do. They leave to go prepare a place for their wife. And then when they're done, they come back and get their wife. And then they live off the rest of their marriage from their own. So the symbol of the rapture of how Jesus is with the rapture with the church is how a Jewish bridegroom will be with his bride. Of course, we already know the church is the bride of Christ. You know, people try to say so many other different things, but the church is the bride of Christ. Now, I believe it's in Galatians where part where it says there's no, there's no Greek or Jew, no, no Jew or Gentile basically say if there is only Jesus or nothing. Everybody is, there's only one body. Everybody, there's no distinction. There's no Jew, no Gentile, no man or woman. It's only those who are in the body of Christ. Everybody come together as one. So the church would be considered the bride of Christ. And that's in Ephesians chapter two. I believe it. I believe it's in Ephesians chapter two. My laptop is down, so I can't really pull it up right now. But that's an example of a Jewish wedding. And uh, That's how a Jewish wedding is. And that's an example of what the rapture is. Jesus leaves. He goes to prepare a place. It's our job to be ready at all times for his return. And he comes back when we least expect. He comes back and he takes us with. him. Now, um, remember, we were covering in the seven churches. Another reason to believe in it. If you cover the seven churches, look at what he told Philadelphia. Um, if you go to Revelation chapter 3, the church in Philadelphia, he said, he said, verse uh, chapter 3, verse 10, because you have obeyed my command to per- persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Look at what he said. He told that church, he said, I'll protect you from the great hour of testing that has come upon the world. What's the hour of testing? We know the hour of testing would be the seven-year tribulation. He said, testing for the whole world. But Jesus said, if you overcome, I'll protect you from that. So that, in my opinion, will be another example of the rapture. He say, I'll protect you from the great testing that's coming. And then let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I had all these scriptures pulled up and before, but my doggone laptop just crashed on me, so now I'm having to do it the old-fashioned old way, but it's all good, though. It's all good. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 says, for God decided to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. The church is not called to wrath, the church is not supposed to experience the wrath of God. For Verse 9 in King James says this way. For God had not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The church has not been, it's right here in First Thessalonians chapter 5. This is what Paul talks about. The church has not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. So through the seven year tribulation period. People are saying, oh, well, you know, the church has to go through what Paul said. uh, the church hasn't been pointed around. So the church should not go through the tribulation. Remember, the church is anybody who is a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody. He said, well, not should not, according to what Paul said here, should not go through the tribulation period. Now, um, and this is one that I don't think a lot of people really pay attention to. Revelation chapter two and three talked about the seven churches, right? After chapter three, when you go to chapter four, you don't hear nothing else about the church at all until Revelation chapter 19. After two and three, you hear nothing else about the church. You hear about the saints, but not the church. The church and the saints are two different groups. The saints are the ones that are left because you do realize that people will be saved during the tribulation period, me and my coworker, we were having a conversation and he said, he felt like he would be one of the ones who would be left behind, but not because he wasn't living righteous for God, but he felt like he'd be left behind because he would be one of the 144,000, a group that we will cover later on um, as a chapter, as we uh, continue through with Revelation. And you know, I I kind of felt that way for a while too, because you know the Bible says that um, those who are left behind, the 144,000, what happens is God places a mark or a tattoo on their forehead, and when with that mark, the enemy can't touch them. They can't be harmed by whatever plagues or whatever, whatever all the things that are going on, because they have that mark on their forehead. They can't be touched. The antichrist can't touch him. It's another, man, it, it just goes to show another, uh, another, another example of the superiority of God, if that makes sense. Another example of his, nobody's greater than him. He is the supreme of all. That's just another example. So, um, Let's look at some, of course, there's a couple of uh, examples of the rapture. We already know about, uh, we know about, let's look at Lot. Let's look at Lot. As we know, I'm not even going to turn to it, I'm going to paraphrase it. Lot Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know the story where he, where uh, the angels came down to, um, the angels came and the men of Sodom and Gomorrah came and they were trying to have sex with the angels. So they the angels told them like told Lot we're here to destroy this place but we need to get you out of it. But before they could, they they told Lot you need to leave. So Lot was kind of dragging his feet per se. So in the process of dragging his feet, the angels came and got him, his wife, and his, and his daughters and got them outside the city. When they got them outside the city, the angels tell them, you need to leave now. So they want him to go one place, but, he, but Lot said, oh no, don't send me there. Don't let me go there. I thank you for your grace and mercy. If you would allow me the chance to go this way, let me go over here. And they said, okay, go ahead on and leave. Key words. This is what they tell him. They say, go ahead, go ahead and leave and get there. I'm paraphrasing as quickly as possible because we're here to destroy the city, but we can't until you are safe. To me, that's another example of the rapture. We all know about Enoch. Enoch walked with God and the Bible says for a reason, God called him up. It's in Genesis I'm not sure. I didn't write down exactly where he is on my laptop crash, so you guys have to forgive me. But next episode, I'll pull up where he, where that is. It's in uh, Genesis chapter. Oh, man, I'm not sure. I want to say chapter two or three. I, I I'll look it up and put have it on. And then we also know about um, Elisha with the chariot of fire, how he was raptured up. Now, later on in Revelation, we're going to get to the two witnesses. And that's another debate that we talk that people talk about. The identity of the two witnesses. Some people believe it's Enoch and Elisha because they didn't die. Some people believe it's Moses and Elisha. We, we Everybody can pretty much agree Elisha's one because the Bible says Elisha is supposed to come. Now, a lot of people, um, I, I don't want to get too in depth into it, so I'll, I won't mention that one. But we, everybody, it's either Elisha Moses, Enoch and Elisha, or it could be just two random people. No one really know. Everybody can agree on Elisha for the fact the Bible says he was supposed to be sent. Now, there's a little twist to that scripture. There's a little twist, but we'll get to it when we cover the two witnesses. But one of my opinions is I believe one is Moses. And i tell you why. I believe one of them is Moses because the Bible, there's a little story. I think it's in is it in Jude? It's in one of those, I gotta, I gotta look on see exactly where it is. But it talks about a situation where Satan and Michael were battling over the body of Moses. And of course, that's where Michael tells him, Satan the Lord, rebuke you. My my question was. Why are y'all fighting over Moses' body? And if I'm not mistaken, the scriptures never really saying why they were fighting over it. it. It just showed up out of nowhere. Somebody just have it. Just it's in scripture. I have to. I'm, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna see exactly where. So when I get on the next episode, we can see. But I'm looking at like why are y'all fighting over Moses' body? Now, Elisha, when he was raptured up he had his natural body. Enoch had his natural body. If the other witness is Moses, Moses, to me, Moses would have to have what? His actual body. So in my opinion, I believe one is, it's the second witness is Moses, because one, why is Satan and Michael fighting over his body? And two, one of the powers of the witness is one of the is one of the uh, things that Moses did in scripture. So that's just my opinion. But like I said, when we get to the two witnesses, we'll get to it and we'll cover it more in depth. So that's really. If, um, I wanted to do another, I, want, I had a section where I was going to talk about the difference between the rapture and the second coming, but I'll say that for the next episode, because uh, I really want to go in depth in that, because a lot of times we have the tendency to confuse the two, we'll try to say they're both one and the same, and they're not one and the same, they're two different events. So we're going to talk about that the next episode, guys, I'm going to take my sweet time with going through the rapture, I I want to make sure that we can cover everything so excuse me, so I want to try to answer everyone's questions about this particular topic because it's a hot topic in the church. But uh, we're going to get through it. But as I said, the most important thing is your salvation. Make sure your salvation is secure, which leads me to, of course, what we do before we end every video. We want to pray the prayer of the Lord's salvation with you. We want to make sure your salvation is secure. So if the rapture was to take place in the next two to five minutes or the next minute, whenever Jesus comes, you're gonna go away with us because I don't know about y'all. I don't plan on staying around here. Lord, take me, take me, take me. I'm I'm coming with you. But we want to make sure that your salvation is secure. So let's do this. Close your eyes and just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I believe that you are the son of God who sits at the right hand of the father interceding on my behalf. I confess, Lord Jesus, that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, I ask, come into my heart. Make me, shape me, and mold me into the person that you call me to be. I lay my life down. My life is now in your hands. Do with me as you wish. I submit, all, I submit to your authority, to your rule, and to your reign. In the mighty name of Lord Jesus, I pray and thank you. Amen. We're gonna believe that if you pray that prayer, your name you have now transferred over from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, and we now believe we know for a fact that if the rapture took place, your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life, and when Jesus comes, you're gonna be one of the ones to go with Him. Guys, um, thank you. We're going to and and, and another thing. Once you pray that prayer, get into a good Bible-based church. Get get into a church where the word is taught, where you can understand. Pray about and ask God what church he wants you to go to. Because every church, we just did the seven churches, and Jesus had problems with five out of the seven. So every church might look good on the outside, but it might not be that good on the inside. And it might be a dead church. So ask God to show you where he would like for you to go. Ask him to show you where what what pastor what group where he wants you to go, and God will do that just that, and um, and that's it. Just getting to a good Bible based church. But guys, I love you guys again. This is our first episode of our monthly series. This might go longer than a month. We're gonna see. Him. Um, we're gonna just see. We're just gonna go with the flow. But this is our first episode. And like I said, our next episode will be the difference between the rapture and the second coming of Jesus, how there are two different events. They are not the same thing. So guys, I love you. Have a blessed week in this new year. Be blessed. And I will see you next week with another fantastic episode of Last Things Podcast. I love you guys. Be blessed.